And now, an Envision Financial podcast with Luke Smith on Canberra's 2CC. It is Friday afternoon. It's after the 4.30 news, and you know what that means. It means to uh, it means to everybody that we should be talking all things financial with Luke Smith from Envision Financial. Good afternoon. <laughs> we got there. How are you doing? Got there in the end. That's we right. Did, we did. It's Friday afternoon. Give me a break, mate. It's break given. I think every other day is Friday at the moment. It's just one of those one of those spells. It is indeed. Things are busy, but they, mm. I guess in many respects it's better to be busy because otherwise you're just sitting around twiddling your thumbs, and that's never good. Yeah. Look, I think we've always been of the the advocation that you know. As long as you've got plenty to do, you can help plenty of people and the time flies by and if you enjoy what you're doing, it's it's not that bad. So. Well, that's right, exactly so. Today we're talking about when should I start adding to super? Well, mm. I guess the answer to that is as soon as you can afford it. Well, yeah, look, I think in a nutshell, you've, you've, you've wrapped <laughs> that's up That's it, sh- end of the program. Let's Thanks very much. Let's go to the pub. <laughs> see, you next, see you next Friday. Um, look, exactly right. Um, some of the things I've put in here really is it's. I'm finding it's becoming more and more of a decision uh, earlier which I think is great because yeah. I've always been an advocate of early good behaviour and being consistent. And I think the benefit of compounding and doing things regularly over time can really add some value in relation to your resources to be able to retire at whatever age that may be. So when we say sort of when and why, some of the things I've, I've put down here really are, the, the first point I've put there is set up good behaviours. If you've got a job and you start doing something and it just becomes part of your everyday routine, then I think that's a fantastic behaviour to have right from the start. Then trying to change somebody's behaviour when they've become accustomed to living a certain way on a certain amount of money. If you can start good behaviours and have money go to super and then just incrementally chip away at increasing what you put in relevant to what you do, what you earn or what you need to live on, then I think it's a very good time to... To do it, and, I, and I'm not advocating here at all that you do this in place of something else in its entirety. I think everything in moderation is is appropriate. So if you want to pay down your mortgage and put a bit into super, that's great. If you've got no self control, then automate the payment to super. If you're a good saver and you can manage your budget, then use your offset account and put your money into super at the end of the financial year and hedge your bets. Ultimately, people need to remember that everyone has different traits different positives and different negatives and you need to do what works for you so that you can do something that's consistent you've also uh, put down here in the notes that if you get a pay rise you should send that straight into your super because you're not going to miss it but well, I, I don't know i think i would <laughs> well again as as an option and i'm not saying in in its entirety but if you've picked up a couple of extra dollars because if you've finished your study you've got a promotion you've moved to a new level or you've changed employers and you were quite happily living on what you're earning before, then direct a little bit of that increase to superannuation and, again, have the benefit of that over multiple years. Because I have a conversation with people regularly and they say, I remember when I could live really well on this amount of money and now for some reason I earn $40,000 more and I can't live on the same amount of money because we live to our cash flow and we spend what we have. There is a well-known quote, and I can't remember who said it, that it goes something along the lines of expenditure rises to meet income. Oh, I 100% agree. Um, I, I often have conversations with people and say, well, you could save this much, couldn't you, of, of that? Uh, no. The next answer I get, which is always concerning, is I don't know where it goes. Mm. And that's why for many an episode leading into 30 June, we talked about the importance of 
understanding your cash flow and having a broader budget or at least some ideas in relation to where your money is going because if you do want to try and actively save or have other investment opportunities, knowing what you're working with is always a good foundation to then build from so that you can do things in a controlled manner without racing in and having to back out because you over or underestimated what you were working with. All right. So what are some of the other uh, reasons why people should be considering adding to their superannuation? So some of the other things I've got on here in no particular order, obviously, super split. We spoke last week about the benefits of super splitting where there's a difference in age. Obviously, that's the second obviously for the day. Um, <laughs> Everything's obvious until it, was, it isn't. It was going to be an obviously free afternoon, but no, 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 not no. today. It's one of those words like absolutely. <laughs> I keep using absolutely all the time. It's, that's one of Catch mine. up concessional contributions. This is a good way to add to superannuation where you've been making payments and you haven't used all of your $25,000 cap. You could use some of your carried forward benefit or the shortfall to 25000 in the last two financial years to add to super. That's a good way to do it. New job, change of job, change of salary, or the return to the workforce. If you've been out studying, caring for kids, and you've come back in, and it's generally pretty important for people to try and catch up their accumulated superannuation the best they can, making an active contribution to superannuation over what you may get under your employment agreement is another good time to start that behaviour and then continue it in the future. If you've got your mortgage under control, uh, if you do have ample or surplus income on a fortnightly or weekly basis, and again, if you're not that diligent with your cash, set up a direct debit and have the decision made for you so that you can fight the temptation to spend it. Because as we said before, there's always a reason to spend it on something. Oh, yes. And you can always justify it to yourself. I just need this. I just need that. When we all really know that that's hogwash and it's all discretionary at the end of the day. Well, as, uh, as somebody else once observed, you know, it's very easy to confuse your needs with your wants. Oh, look, exactly right. I think it's, it's, it's important that you start these behaviours early, be consistent, and just remember that it's a marathon – Mm. not a sprint. You're going to spend a lot of time working. You're going to spend many years doing something, earning money. And you may or may not enjoy times in your life where you're working. You may or may not have the same amount of income. So to make the most of those income years where they may be slightly higher than average, or you finish studying and you've seen a significant jump, as we said earlier, you can live quite well on the money you were making before. A 20, 30, 40, $50,000 pay rise is not going to go and change your lifestyle that much. Provided fifty thousand dollar pay rise, I could I, I could make quite a few changes with that. <laughs> provided that you think about the, the 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 end at the start, you know, start yep. with the end in mind. And and I've, I'm yet to meet anybody that says, "Oh, I'm really glad I saved all that money for retirement." And what am I going to do with all this cash? <laughs> They're the conversations that I would rather have over how much do I need, and in later years. How hard do I need to go in relation to my savings? Indeed. Now, um, uh, you mentioned a mortgage a minute ago. Mm. You said if you've got your mortgage under control. Mm -hmm. I, I guess although I started off the conversation by talking about as soon as you can afford to mm -hmm. as being when you should consider putting extra money into your superannuation, I suppose a key moment in anybody's life is that magical moment when you've actually paid your mortgage off. All of a sudden, there's a big monthly commitment there you don't have to meet mm. anymore. That would be a golden opportunity, wouldn't it? <laughs> well, you would think so. <laughs> 
And what I, what I actually find is, I, I agree with you, it, it's a wonderful opportunity to be able to then redirect to your your savings program, your super, your, your investment assets, your shares, your properties, whatever it is you may be doing to try and build your wealth. But I actually find that it becomes more dangerous. Oh, really? Because when you've got a fixed commitment like that, you learn to live to it. Yes. You know you've got a mortgage payment, you know you've got a car payment, you know you've got school fees, and you work the balance of the variables at a point that you can control. I find in some situations that when that mortgage is paid off or you do have a significant pay rise or you do have a significant change in your fixed outgoings, budgets can get really loose because there's that automatic assumption that I can afford it, it's okay. We'll do that next year. Mm -hmm. We'll do that next month. I'll just buy that because you can justify to yourself that there's plenty of room in your discretionary spending, which then accidentally starts to eat into your wealth accumulation and the decisions that you make about building the retirement base from which you'd like to either wind down your hours, stop altogether or work on a part-time basis. So I think it's a great time to really become hyper-focused on active investment and controlling your cash flow. But I often find that that people find it difficult because the fixed in their life has ceased and then they've You've been we've given the keys to a Ferrari to a five year old. Yes, and then we're going to get upset if they plow it up the gutter. It um, yeah, I, I, I guess um, it certainly focuses your mind uh, when you have to pay the mortgage every month, or else the bank will take your house away. Mm. Uh, you certainly develop a, a degree of discipline about making that payment. Yeah, and I think it comes back to what you said before about the need and the want. Yeah, exactly. We need to make a mortgage payment even if we don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Now, I guess in some respects this should be obvious, but what are the benefits of adding to your super early? By obvious, I mean, of course, you'll have more money in your super. Well, that's, that's you're spot on. Um, the, the benefit of compounding with superannuation is not to be discounted. Obviously, oh, there's a third one. For <laughs> younger people, <laughs> for younger people, they have a significant amount of working life in front of them. Yeah. And what we need to remember is that superannuation is concessionally taxed at a rate of 15%. And for a lot of people, that will be less than their marginal tax rate, depending on what they earn and what they do. So investing inside of superannuation is advantageous from a tax perspective. Starting now and taking advantage of legislation can be advantageous as well because we don't know where the rules could go. Yeah. You know, When I started in the industry, you could put $100,000 into super and claim 100% of that as a tax deduction. Now it's $25,000. Mm-hmm. So make the most of what the legislation is at the moment because you never know where it could go, be it good, be it bad. Yes. Uh, for those in the public sector, you know, for the PSS members, get your accrued benefit multiple up as quickly as possible and that's your rate of contribution. If you're doing two, try and do three. If you're doing five, try and do six. If you can do ten, great, do it because the compounding value of years of membership in that fund is exponentially better when you get to your retirement age and work out what your final pension income will be. So if you're in the PSS, check your accrued benefit multiple because nothing breaks my heart more than when someone comes in and says, I've spent 35 years in this fund and I've only been contributing 2%. Right. I don't have the heart to explain what they've missed out on. Okay. Um, so if you're in that fund, make the most of that. The other thing to keep in mind is time flies. So... Doing something at the moment, maybe not at full capacity, but doing something over nothing, 
you can blink your eyes and 10 years will come and go and it'll be something that's on the radar. A lot like when I ask people if they have a will and an enduring power of attorney. And the answer I normally get is, I've been meaning to do that since the kids were born. Oh, of course. And I say, well, how old are your kids? And they go, 40. Yes. <laughs> so do something while you're thinking about it and then manipulate the number over time, but do something now rather than later. And obviously a big advantage of putting money into super is the tax deductibility of it. Yes. If you can pay 15% tax on a portion of your earnings as opposed to 32%, 34%, 39%, 49%, whatever your adjusted taxable income may end up being, make the most of the legislation because the carried forward rules only allow you to push forward for five years. And if your super's over $500,000, you can't use it at all. So making the most of the $25,000 threshold each year is, is vitally important because you may not get a chance to catch it up depending on what you have in super and obviously for the fourth time, the number of years that you will be contributing to your fund. Absolutely. Now, I know you've already mentioned this, but I think obviously, and if I can use that word, obviously, one of the key benefits of contributing extra money to your super early mm. is the benefit of compounding over time, Correct. which means you put in a little bit today and 20 or 30 years later, yep. it actually makes a very big difference. It, you're exactly right. And that's why I say I'm a big advocate of good, consistent behaviours, because over time, compounding will be your best friend. And in a concessionally taxed environment, that can even accelerate the total amount of return that you could expect to receive compared to something in your own name. And it's it's something that it's it's very hard to go past, but do things in moderation. I'm not advocating one over another. If yeah. you need to pay your mortgage, pay your mortgage. Yeah. If you can afford to put into super, do that, but find a happy medium for yourself. It's about 12 minutes to five on 2CC Canberra Live until six o'clock. Luke, we've got a question from Alex who wants to know about cashing out his super. Hello, Alex. Hello there. Yes, good afternoon. Uh, look, I, I'm not necessarily asking about myself, but I have been told by several people who should know that persons who have super funds and are aware, uh, well, usually being told by their doctor or whatever, that they have a, only a certain time to live, a month, two months or whatever, that it's best to cash out your super. Otherwise, if you don't and you die without cashing it out, that the government takes approximately 15% of your super funds. Is that correct or not? In, in part. It, it ultimately depends on where the money goes. So there could be a taxable component depending on how your fund was accumulated. Within super, you have taxable and untaxed benefits or tax-free benefits. If you were to pass, it is advantageous to pull the money out of superannuation where, for example, you're over the age of 60 because tax-free to yourself and you could then give the money to the children, give the money to a spouse, give the money to a charity. If the money comes out of superannuation and goes to a non-dependent, it could be taxed at 17%, including Medicare levy. So that's what somebody's talking about in relation to making the most of a terminal illness benefit where you're trying to mitigate tax that would be incurred by a non-dependent beneficiary. If money's paid to a dependent, then there's no tax implications where that person is a dependent under the super law. That's the, uh, Thank you. That's the short version. Thanks very much for that, Alex. And, of course, I would imagine that if you found yourself in a situation like that, one of the first things you should do is seek some uh, professional mm. financial advice on how to handle it. We're talking about when should I start adding to super, and we've already established it should be as soon as possible. Yeah, look, as, as we said before the ad break, you know, to sort of put a, a bow around what we've spoken about, build up your offset account in your home loan 
and either make a contribution before June and do something over nothing or set up some salary sacrifice if your self-control is not the greatest and have that taken out by your employer so that we address the need and want scenario we spoke about before the break. If it's taken out and it's out of sight, out of mind, I'm a big advocate of that because it removes the temptation and it removes the justification that after three or four wines you can tell yourself that I can do whatever. Oh, yes. <laughs> eBay shopping, yes, yeah, I know. Exactly right. Um, use the catch-up legislation. If you haven't already, think about that because that is a really, really powerful piece of legislation for the people that have come back into the workforce, have been caring for little ones or have moved from potentially a salaried environment to a contracting environment where they could have seen a significant increase in their remuneration. So use the catch-up legislation where you can. Do more sooner. I'm not saying you have to put all your pay into super. I'm not advocating that at all. But just a little something to teach yourself good, consistent behaviours, let's just take advantage of the compounding benefits that we spoke about before the break. Think about spouse contributions and non-concessional contributions and also consider the super-splitting legislation where there is an older person in the relationship and they will get to their preservation age before the spouse. Make contributions sooner and then split them over because as we spoke about last week, the super-splitting legislation is not cumulative. So it's one of those use it or lose it and you need to make sure that if you're going to work for a number of years that you consistently move over money to the older person's name or to where you want to build up superannuation for someone that's returned to the workforce, you'll still maximise your tax deductions, you'll control your taxable income, but you'll be able to progressively build wealth and take advantage of compounding over time and the concessionally taxed environment that superannuation provides. So. Think about super as a a portal for spare money and then continue to review and contribute, review and contribute and make the most of what you're doing in relation to your career and the time that you have in the workforce because you you generally find that you you blink and it's over. So Well, that's that's I'm gonna sneeze. Pardon me. <coughs> dear, oh dear. I was trying to hold that off until after we finished the program because we're close to the end, but we, I couldn't quite make it. It's one of those things. You can't stop a sneeze, can no. you? You really can't. Can't keep your I eyes just, open either. I just hope that was the only one. Anyway, well, uh, so wrapping it up, starting early yep. is the thing to do, and yep. uh, I know you tell us we won't miss it. Um, I find that hard to believe, but mm. look, you know, there we go. And uh, obviously uh, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Mm. I don't know. I'm not fit enough for either, really, am I? Well, I think you've got to have a go, right? Got to have a go. If you right. don't put your shoes on, you don't get to the finish line. Fair enough. So where do we go for more information? Yeah, so if you're unsure about what the carry forward legislation is or if you can afford it or if you want to have a chat about you know, understanding where the cash flow is going or taking part in our budgeting program we've got coming up in October, 62604749. We've had a lot of interest in that and I think the shows of late have sort of pointed out the importance of having a strong foundation or as we say... Getting your, getting your strategy stacks correct and building from a good foundation. We've got the podcast, YouTube, the office, and the website, www.envisionfinancial.com.au. You can go to the resource centre and look up the, the technical library that we have. We've got a lot of people that use that just to clarify their understanding of something that we speak about. So use those resources. They're, they're, they're free for people. They can subscribe to the, the resource centre off our website. Feel free to do that. If you're unsure whether you're making the most of your opportunities, give us a call and, and Barb makes a mean cup of coffee still. So, Fantastic. Well, that's pre- just about it for another afternoon of discussing all things financial. We'll come back again next Friday and do some more. We'll see you next week.